Uh, what a time. What a time in hip-hop. Very, very West Coast. Very West Coast. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome in to Hour 2. Of course, this is the show where we hit all the trending topics across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. Shout out to Exhibit. It feels like his era was so, so quick. So brief. But it really wasn't, you know? Um... what was it? When did Exhibit drop? Like late 90s or was it 2000? I don't know. That ascent was quick. And then it was just like, where did X go? Oh, did the music move on? I don't, I think about like, it was Exhibit, J.O. Felony, a couple of other West Coast artists that were out around, what year? 96? Wow. Okay. So I guess his his run was pretty well known, but I feel like as soon as trap music, like if you think about it, when Nelly came through with Midwest, right? Midwest Swing, Air Force Ones, you know, all of that. And I feel like trap music started getting bigger. The South really started kind of taking over hip hop in the early to mid 2000s. I think that a lot of West Coast rappers, even though we have a lot of rappers now, so I'm not saying that, got washed out in that thing. Just, you know, flatlined. You agree? No? Um, So, like, even though he came out in 96, I didn't think he blew up until 98. That's right. when, what was that, What You See Is What You Get came mm-hmm. out. And then in 2000, from what, what I just played, Get Your Walk On, that was, a, if I'm not mistaken, that was a Dr. Dre-produced album. Yes. And... That, that's when he fell off after that album well it's hard to come back from a dre album i think you know who i think snoop is one of the only ones to kind of do that seamlessly if you think about it who was his sound was so dre heavy right then he left and obviously went to no limit because of things and his the sound changed the music, the production, or whatever, but you know, Snoop still kept it funky. And what he and Dre didn't meet back up till two thousand one, right? No, whatever. No Limit Top Dog came out. He had a song on there. That's when he uh, reconnected with Dre. I can't think of what song it was, but okay. I do remember. So I believe ninety six. That was his first album with No Limit. The game is to be sold, not to be told. And then I want to say maybe ninety seven, ninety eight. That's when No Limit Top Dog came came about. And that was his reconnection with Dre. Okay. But I don't think they did a lot of songs together. Just a song. Maybe like, like a were... song or two. Yeah, but it, it hasn't been like, you know, Snoop and Dre. Like, it's a team, it's a song or whatever. Not until Dr. Dre 2001 when they kind of really came, came back. back. And that was a great album. And, you know, we're never going to get Detox, so... It is what it is. Do people even care about Dre like that anymore? At this point, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Maybe us. Us. The, the youth, right. no. No. And, I, I, you know, his. I, I'm going to be honest. That is some control freak BS that you don't want to work with established artists because you find younger artists to be more moldable. Like Dre. I mean, I guess you got to know yourself. But I feel as though he robbed us of some amazing collaborations because he wanted to be in control. Okay, so listen, before in hour one, we were discussing some of the Clippers' woes and struggles. Well, Lou Will, you know, two girls like Lou Will, 
side note, you got that story courtesy of me and my website. I introduced y'all to that. You may not know it, but that's where it originally came from. Um, He recently was on an interview with Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, and they were discussing the bubble championship. And so Lou said, basically, you know, we started to hear rumblings that nobody is going to respect this championship. So they took their foot off the gas. He goes more into detail on that. And Andy, do we have time to play the clip? Okay, so we're going to play the clip for you. It was a struggle to get us to the bubble to begin with. (laughs) We didn't even want to go, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think just mentally we came into it. without just the right mindset to, to, to finish the job. We didn't, we didn't even want to be there. And I think once we got there and we was in it, you know, I think I was in the bubble 97 days was, was how long I was there. And I think about day 67, I was like, let's get the yeah. out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think mentally we wasn't in it for the long game. We didn't really see, we didn't really see, you know, the pot of gold at the end of it. We were starting to hear the rumblings like, oh, Nobody's going to respect this chip and all of that. And so I think we kind of just took our foot off the gas. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing. What do you mean nobody's going to respect it? Like, who cares if they say that? You still would get a championship. You still are there to play. And if you felt that strongly about not going and playing, you didn't have to go. There are lots of players that did not go. So I think that a lot of it has to do with um, the fact that, you know, they were taken out of their routines. And the Clippers at that time, you know, they had a lot of guys that were in those streets, you know. A lot of their routine included, you know, post-game partying. You know, I I mean, we heard that there was, you know, herbal things in there. The NBA stopped testing for weed during that summer and you know eventually now it's a part of their new collective bargaining agreement so it's not like they couldn't blow while they were there right they were drinking so and again I know that athletes professional athletes especially get really locked into their routines good or bad and they get really locked into their rituals pregame and things like that but all of this just sounds like an excuse to me because one You guys were up 3-1, but you were ready to go home. So you took your foot off the gas at the moment right before success? That sounds like imposter syndrome or you just don't have it. And I don't think that y'all just don't have it. I think just a little lazy and you got overtaken. Maybe it was the mental aspect of you. But to try and downplay it, what would you have done if you won? I mean, let's be for real, right? The Clippers have imaginary banners hanging up in the Staples Center. Like, what? What do those banners say? You got a Taylor Swift banner up there, okay? And she's not even into the sport. She's into football now. So, come on, man. I think that that is weak. I think that it's also insulting just because you guys didn't come ready to play and prepared what about all the teams that did what about the vets that were in shape and handled business jimmy butler looked like he came to play put in work so did ad for a little bit you know and listen so i just feel like it's a cop-out and why are we still talking about it 
almost four years later. Clearly, it's a sore spot because you know, y'all know, you were close. And that was probably your window to a title. I mean, obviously, Lou, you're gone now and retired from the league. But overall, as a Clippers fan, I think that, not saying it'll never come up again, but that was it. And y'all blew it. And that's why the Clippers will forever be losers. Losers mentality. That I mean, that is true. And, and tell me this, Andy. Who was the coach of the Clippers at that time? Was it Ty Lue? It was Ty Lue. But I'm still not. I'm not going <laughs> to knock him on that, though. I'm not either, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't know how to keep your people motivated, Ty. You played on the Lakers in 2000s. Right. Mega distract. And again, I understand it was a different type of setup. PG was missing his girl, missing home. You got different types of personalities that comprise that Clippers team. Montrez Harold had just lost his grandmother. So understood that, you know, different mind state. But the rest of y'all, I don't know. Nothing else to add, Andy? No. Nah, I said it all. Okay. Not at all. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out, but um, I think it's a cop-out. When we come forward, we're going to get into Michael Jordan's son, Marcus. He has some more issues, and he and Larsa might have issues. I kind of think that um, they're just trying to do a lot. Well, not one of these stories, but I think they're just trying to do a lot to keep their name out there because really— this is silly. And, of course, we're going to get into Exhibit's comments. All that and more on the other side. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. RSVP with Jill Monroe is your go-to show for staying in the know. More engaging conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So listen, I forgot to drop this in my conversation starters, but I really wanted to share this with you guys because um, Thanksgiving is next week. I can't believe Thanksgiving is next week, but Thanksgiving is next week, right? And, um, you know, Red Lobster has a new commercial, and I know Red Lobster and Thanksgiving don't match. However, they got Bishop Shirley Caesar on this commercial jingle and it is to her beans, greens, tomatoes. I don't know the rest of the vegetables and food items that were listed out, but she's listing out shrimp and seafood items, cheddar bay biscuits, etc., for the new red lobster commercial. And it is hilarious. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Check that out. Shout out to her. Cause you know, I feel like that's a holiday song now. Andy, Can we play a quick game? Okay. Of course. I call it the ultimate Thanksgiving plate. Okay. So basically we pick five items. Mm -hmm. So if you pick like dressing, I can't pick dressing. Oh. And then we bet and, you know, we see who has the best plate. Okay. Go ahead. You start off first. Um, I'm going to start off with what are my favorites. Those are the sides. So I'm going to start off with um, dressing, not stuffing. Okay, dressing. Yeah. I'm going to start off with, I'm not going to do the whole turkey, but I'm going to go with turkey wings. Can I go fried turkey? Well, you don't have a pro. You don't have a protein. I got turkey, though, so no, okay. you can't. No, I can't go fried turkey? Nope. Like not fried turkey breasts? If you got fried turkey I wings? Got, I already got turkey. <laughs> but we're going parts. We're going parts. You specified a part, so. Okay. 
All right, fine. Well, then there will be no protein in my meal. Oh, yeah, you don't do chicken, huh? I do chicken. Okay, then. So what's up? You ain't going to... Have what, a Cornish on? hen or something? Okay, why not? We're going to have Cornish hens okay. with my dressing. Okay. okay, so you got Cornish hen and dressing. I got turkey wings, mac and cheese, turkey wings and mac. I think I'm winning right now. You got three more items. That is so unfair. So what do I have? I have, I said dressing, right? Which is not bad. I think you got no, a cool little plate. dressing is good. Um, what was my other thing? You had Cornish hen. Cornish hen and dressing. It's a dry meal. <laughs> um, um, we're going to put in there no vegetables yet. I guess we're just going to eat that celery and onions and bell peppers Ooh, out that dressing. Um, so I'm going to go sweet potatoes. Okay. No marshmallows. I'm with you on that. Okay, not too bad, not too bad. Well, I'm, I'm going to just keep it simple and go with some collard greens. Okay. Collard I'm greens, a, mac, and turkey wings. I'm killing you right now. You, you are. You I'm going to go more. with cabbage. Cabbage? Okay, that's four. Uh, what else? It Cranberry sauce. Okay. Your okay. last one. My last one. Okay, okay. What do I eat for Thanksgiving? You know I got the best plate right now. You know I'm killing it. Only because you got the mac and cheese. Otherwise, <laughs> that should have been your it. first. But it seems like you like you prefer dressing over the mac. I like them both, but mm. you know, mac is um, that's a lot of dairy. <laughs> that's a lot of dairy, you know. And I love cheese. I love that. It, here's my thing, and I may get a lot of flack from this from some people. Don't put no Velveeta in my mac and cheese. You're not no. gonna get no flack. I think there's some people out there that. You can't mess with Velveeta. Velveeta jacks your stomach up. Interesting. I don't care what you say. Gives you the bubble ups. That square cheese. (laughs) Stay away from it. Stay away from it. I'll keep it simple for you. Uh, Make your last option a dessert. A dessert? Yeah. I already got sweet potato. uh, Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler? Okay. And, And I'll go with some pumpkin pie. Okay, I, I like I, pumpkin pie. Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely probably maybe lean a little bit more towards your plate, but my plate's not bad. I'm sorry. I, I mean, just, your plate is cool. It's cool. cool. I mean, I would just like a little fried turkey with it okay. and and mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah. Not too bad. But uh, I am definitely a sides person at Thanksgiving. Like, you know, I like turkey, but... It's always a bunch left over. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make turkey soup. Am I? Am I really? (laughs) One last question about Thanksgiving. I got a lot of flack from this years ago. How would you feel if somebody brought spaghetti to the table, to the potluck, to the Thanksgiving dinner? Is that for them? They going to eat it? I mean, it's for everybody. I mean, listen, it would be. There are always dishes that are in the corner of the buffet table. Somebody may want it. Are there some kids? Maybe they want some spaghetti, just the basics. It doesn't go, but if that's your contribution, so be it. Okay. You All know. Right. I got a lot of flack for it. I was like, hold on. I didn't seen spaghetti at Thanksgiving dinners before. I, I mean. As I, a side. I don't, I don't really want that. I mean, but, I, you know, people got mad because I suggest green salad sometimes. Oh, wow. You're one. You know, to cleanse your palate, <laughs> to make sure there's not too many carbs. You need your veggies. Shut, you. Abby Sinclair mentioned honey baked ham. There is no honey baked ham coming my way. Um, I'll take a slice. I don't eat that. No swine. 
is how I stay fine. No pork on my fork. Yeah, I stopped eating pork in 95. 94, 95. So, and actually... Funny enough, the two last pork items I had was pepperoni pizza and I had my parents I had got honey baked ham for something and um it was amazing. It's really good, but So you don't do ribs either, huh? Do not. Damn. I miss ribs. I really do. Not beef <laughs> ribs cuz those look like brontosaurus burgers and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not messing with the, the beef ribs were way too big and just they slamming though sometimes but I, pork ribs man and my dad used to like barbecue and he would put the marinade on and hook it up man i used to be messing up some pork ribs and potato salad i love cookout food i love barbecue food summer food. i love food no potato salad for me you don't mess with potato salad egg salad macaroni salad none of them too much mayo. i love too much mayo. potato salad nah, I'm you don't like mayonnaise it's crazy because i'll eat some tuna but egg salad, macaroni salad, potato salad, I'm straight. Mm. You can have it all. I understand that. But, you know, of course, the conversation goes. We already know you can't eat everybody's potato salad. Like, the worst for me, don't give me potato salad with no hard potatoes. Those hard square potatoes. Like, what do you think? Does that look appealing to you? Because it doesn't to me. It can't be creamy, huh? It can't be too creamy. I like it creamy, but I I need my potato salad to be mashed, you know, have some texture to it. I don't want it to be runny, but I definitely don't want no hard square potatoes feeling like you got to take a knife and a fork to it. That's how I like my mashed potatoes. I like it chunky. You do? I like some chunks. I like I to mean, chew a little bit. I like it texturized. Like I said, I don't want it too too smooth and just whatever but i don't like those hard bits Mm -mm, that doesn't work for me now that you're all hungry and thinking about next week what are you guys having for dinner next week i have to ask that question let me know what's on your menu what are you cooking um aubrey sinclair says need that but creole potato salad that is facts creole potato salad is good but once again i think we might have talked about that i have an affinity for like Tart things, sour. So I like vinegar, you know. So you're like ah. So I like that little hint of vinegar that is in the potato salad. That mustard, yeah. I hate mustard. Do you really? I hate it. I hate when people cook burgers with mustard, and you know, I know some people use mustard as a as a as a binder you for know what chicken I'm and stuff. Right? Don't chicken. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I want you can talk. taste it right away. Absolutely. I don't like that tangy. I don't like the vinegar. I don't like none of that. I love the tang. Give me the tang. So that means you don't like Carolina barbecue. I don't even. You said Carolina barbecue. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I've had Carolina barbecue, so I wouldn't even know. So Carolina barbecue, they use a mustard-based sauce instead. Of, like there's tomato in it, but it's not like you know barbecue sauce is generally a little ketchupy. This is like has more mustard base in it. So yeah. that's what Carolina barbecue is. Give me ketchup. I'll put ketchup on everything. Will you? I like 100%. ketchup, but like I'll I'll put ketchup on a steak. While everybody's using a one sauce, put some ketchup on that joint. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs, put some ketchup on that joint. I want a garlic butter spread on my steak. Maybe some that too. I rock horseradish, with that. Horseradish, something mm, like. I don't know about no horseradish. It, 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 you know, 
if if it's right again i haven't had steak in like 20 years so <laughs> i don't know i don't really recall and let me tell you this not that anybody's suggesting this and not that you asked but i don't want to see any part don't offer me fake steak or anything like that I'm, i don't know if it exists but i can't imagine that that would be appealing to me so like vegan yeah, like here's the thing. Impossible burgers, they're cool. They're they're okay. You know, I preferred them over Beyond Burgers, but I but as you see, that was a pandemic thing cuz nobody is running around screaming Impossible Burger, give me a Beyond Burger. And all you fast food restaurants that took away your turkey burgers to add in those vegan burgers, for shame. For shame. I miss it. Heck of random, you know. Food is another thing that I love. Anyway, you know, Thanksgiving is next week. Shout out to Pastor Shirley, Shirley Caesar. Now, we're going to get into these exhibit comments because, um, you know, it's a reoccurring thing. And sometimes I wonder, is it just too, you know, no one wants to think of themselves as the old get off my lawn person, right? But as we get older, our, in theory, viewpoint on certain things narrows and we aren't as flexible maybe as we once were so you know but we all talk about some aspects of these new performers and that a lot of them aren't really locked into it for the love of music and I'm not saying you necessarily have to be but what I am saying is you can tell the difference and it's showing through in the quality of product that they're putting out the performances or lack thereof and just overall it's more a desire to be famous I feel and to have hustles than you know really about the artistry for a lot of artists so when we come forward, we're going to get into Exhibit's comments. And, you know, I have some other comments about the stat, the stat, the status of rap currently today. And again, we've talked back and forth about a lot of these things. But, you know, there are some new perspectives in there. And I don't think it's quite as dire as some make it out to be. But I do think there's some things that could be pointed out. So we'll get into all of that on the other side. You were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Shout out to Doja Cat. I'm so mad that I missed the Scarlet Tour here in L.A couple weeks ago but you know i give out my concert life for you guys because i'm here and you know, our closeness our relationship is much better than seeing some of these performers live you know well at least i feel that way we'll catch them we're gonna catch them what did you think of that andy because i told you to listen to it we were talking about her album i told you to check that out a couple other cuts what were your thoughts so i did listen to the whole album this past weekend and I know you're going to talk about Exhibit and his issues with, I guess, artists now not having the passion. Doja Cat got the passion. She does. This album was fire, it's in crazy. my opinion. It's one of those albums that you could low-key kind of play. Like, you could have, like, a kickback or, you know, be at a lounge or whatever. And you could play that al album in the background and it's vibes all the way through. And it sounds, and it sounds like a hip-hop album. Cause she's over here rapping. Right. Shout out to Doja Cat. I think she's she's at least keeping hip hop alive in a lot of ways. I know people are in and out on her. I know that she turned a lot of people off with her behavior towards her fans, and so to speak. Um, 
I vibe with her. I like it. You know, I don't get too deep into any of the artists, really, for the most part, because you're going to be disappointed sometimes. I mean, that's just what it is. I'm taking it back to old school back in the day where we really didn't know too much and weren't really clamoring to know a whole lot because um, I'm not looking for a lot from you. I don't need you to speak up on political issues all the time. I don't need your opinion on world events. I'm not saying you can't give them. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying I am not a person that feels as though the artists I admire have to make a statement. No, I just like what you do in this fact, and I'm just going to stay in that lane with you. You know, because sometimes you start playing in traffic, and um, you're going to find that there's a lot of bumps and potholes in the road. I don't know why we expect our celebrities to be, like, political in their stances or stuff like that. Just provide us with your art, and that's it. Or I don't know why why we as a people, we feel the need to put a, a certain type of responsibility on people. Like, for example, Michael Jordan. Right. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I don't rock with Michael Jordan because, you know, he sells shoes to the Republicans or he doesn't give back to the community. I'm low-key, I'm not ex- expecting anything from him, per se. Now, if he does something, hey, much love. Correct. But I'm not about to put that responsibility on you. I feel the same way. Like, do you take as much interest in the Starbucks worker who is making your vente latte, you know, light ice, you know, whatever your combo is? Do you care what they do when they leave there? No, you just care that your drink is made correctly and that they give you service with a smile. So I think that um, sometimes there's a little too much uh, requirements, especially when you wouldn't want to be in that position speaking for everybody yourself more than likely but you know just an opinion so exhibit um he recently appeared on the adam carolla show he was featured on there with legendary legendary director rob reiner and the conversation turned to the current state of hip-hop And so Exhibit said, there's no emotional investment in the music like when we were putting music out. He said that you had the CD cover, the album cover, the cassette. You got to open it. You got to see who produced it. You got to read the lyrics. You're not guessing. A lot of those things, he said, contributed to artists of that time having 10, 15, 20, 30 long year careers. He says that doesn't exist anymore. I feel like that's one that is kind of hard to judge because we don't know who's going to be around. I mean, Nicki Minaj has been in the game for, what, 15 years now? Close to it. She's still around, right? Drake. I mean, there's lots of artists that are in there that have shown some longevity in the face of a lot of pop movements. So, you know, you never can tell, and then nostalgia swings back around. So I'm not going to say I can predict what 20 years from now is going to move people and make them feel in that moment. It could be a sexy red performance. You never know, right? But I do agree with him that I miss the idea of having a physical product and getting to flip through the CD booklet or the album lyric sheets and reading the thank yous on the back. And that's how I figured out, you know, songwriters and producers and who I liked, who had a sound because I was reading all of that. But, you know, 
things change, right? So Exhibits also said that um, he doesn't feel that hip-hop holds the same weight that it once did, although all the other genres have embraced the culture at this point. And I thought that that was so interesting because I get what he meant by that statement, you know? And it kind of, you know, it hit a little different because, you know, hip hop, much like rock and roll before it and jazz before that, it's kind of the music of the rebels, the, you know, the outsiders, the youth in many cases, getting to speak out with their voices. And it, you know, it felt like it really spoke to us and how we were feeling. And so the idea that it's just, we started talking about it being watered down, of course, in the 90s. That's when the sellout conversation got really, really huge. And it's so interesting, you know, how things take a turn because we went from one end of the spectrum to the other. Now everybody's a, in theory, sellout because everybody's selling you something and everybody's in there for the hustle. Exhibit at it. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or not, but hip hop doesn't have the staying power that it used to. You see country music having hip elements of hip hop. I mean, facts. You saw who won the Best New Artist Award the other night. He was white, but he could have been a rapper in theory, just in how he was dressed. His face was tatted. Not what you would likely be expecting from a country artist. You listen to some of the more popular country songs that are coming out now, the up-tempo ones, and they are taking a cadence of hip-hop. Those 808s are beating a little bit stronger, you know? If you're not a country music fan, I'm, you know, maybe I'll get a couple of songs that maybe you want to check out because I do think that you are saying, obviously, you could point to Little Nas next, Little Nas X, that's easy. Even uh, Mr. Achy Breaky Heart. What's Miley's dad name? Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. So, I mean. Nelly too. Huh? Nelly. Nelly. I mean, Nelly made that crossover. And just if you listen to some of the current songs, you know, something's up with that. Aubrey Sinclair is asking what the original artist sample was. I'm assuming you're talking about that Doja Cat song. Baby, that is true. All I do is think of you. I love the way they flipped that sample in there. That wasn't main condition? No, that's true. All I do is think of you. Listen, pull it up. Run it back real quick. It's sped up a little bit. It's definitely troop, though. You know, I feel like that's on my list of, and that's crazy for me to say, a remake that is better than the original. And, of course, the Jackson 5 sang the original. But it's just something about that troop remake. They put their foot in it. Um... Aubrey Sinclair on the al album, CD, and tape covers. Maybe you had more coming after that. Shout out to Brother Alfonso. Sweet potato pie is a must-have at Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But see, here's the thing. Um, I usually pick one. I'm not going to do both sweet potato pie and the yam. So I got to pick one or the other because... Um, you know, I watch my sugar intake at this point in life. Um, Brother Alfonso also said, green salad, okay, spaghetti ain't got no business at Thanksgiving dinner. Like I said, slide it over into the corner. Somebody may eat it. Um, it's not going to be on my plate, but it might be on somebody. And then sometimes, too, sometimes, you know, you get tired of Thanksgiving food 
early. So, you know, that might be a proper, hey, so you don't have to cook the next day and you also don't have to eat Thanksgiving leftovers again. But, you know, that is that. At any rate, back to exhibit. He said that you see pop music. When's the last time you saw a rock band that didn't have a hip hop element to it? I'm sick of hip hop and I love hip hop. I want to see a rock band come out and steamroll. He also added that there's no good representation of what hip hop is supposed to be right now. Not taking anything away from these kids because they're feeding their families. They're not in the street. They're not doing, well, at least some of them aren't doing anything illegal. I can't even say that they're not in the streets because, oh, they seem to be more in the streets than ever before, you know. But um, he said that I think the real path right now for somebody to come out with some real content and have that staying power and show that it's possible. I do think it's wide open, but I also think, one, There's an abundance of music out there. People aren't taking the time to weed through that to find, you know, there's no real tastemakers in music anymore. There's not, you think about how many people are going to traditional radio stations to find their new music or their music. They're finding it on the internet and it's, you know, random in how they come across it. Maybe the playlist, the playlists are certainly big and there's a lot of politics to get on to those playlists, but mm. I think the culture obviously <clears throat> is definitely, uh, it, it definitely has shifted. Um, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, like hip hop publications, for example, we don't have the source. I don't think like that no more. Double XL. Are they even still popping like that? Like they're around the sources around, but they're not relevant. They are not, People aren't looking to them for their takes and opinions on music. There's no more, you know, rating albums, five mics. And also with the speed, we've talked about this, how most people listen to an album once and that's it. They're not going to go back to that. But what is included with that, though, is that, you know, before journalists, people in general maybe sat with a record for a minute before they formed an opinion. Now we form an opinion based off of the first 60 seconds, if that, of a song. We're like, ah, this is whack, move on, right? And it's kind of not fair. And some songs do need to grow on you. You need to hear them in the proper setting. You know, there are songs that you could hear sitting on, you know, at home in your system. And you could have a banging system, you know, but you get in your car and you're like, oh, this is different. Or you go out to, you know, a party or a club and you see how it feels in that environment and it takes the song somewhere else, you know, or you see someone perform it live on those rare occasions and you're like that, that's the energy. Like I think as someone like Bruno Mars when they were doing what, what, Silk Sonic, right? I liked a lot of the Silk Sonic songs, but I, what I do know without a doubt is that performance element on top of the music took the songs to a whole nother level. Just getting the whole vibe and the sense of that. And even though they're playing dress up to a degree, it didn't feel as costumey or as, um, you know, we're putting this on today and, and taking it off. It felt like they cared about the time frame that they were trying to evoke with the music Andy no no so um yeah you know I'm with you exhibit I feel that 
Okay, listen, we're continuing on this music conversation. On the other side, we're going to talk about Cam and Mace. You know, they're some of my favorite subject matters. But this time, it's not about their sports take. It's about their music take, and it has to do with Tupac. And we're going to get into a producer's thoughts about him, too. Because, you know, this is a hip-hop hour. And, of course... I got some commentary to add because no pox slander shall be formed when I'm around. And it's not that it's slander, but, you know, I disagree. All of that and more on the other side. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Now back to more captivating conversation on RSVP with Jill Monroe. Jill Monroe. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, you know, I have an affinity for Cam and Mace Harlem, what's up? Um, but they saddened me with this take. So recently they were on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast. And the subject came up about Tupac and DMX, right? And let me say this. I understand their perspective. I just don't agree with it. So Mace and Cam both expressed their belief that DMX was a better rap artist than Tupac, right? So during the appearance, they were having a conversation and they said that the reason why they chose DMX is because they were able to witness him create and perform up close at the peak of his career. Cam said, me personally, I've seen DMX. I didn't really get to see Pac. I'm talking about on tour with DMX, in the studio with DMX. I really got to see people lose their mind about DMX. I know people love Pac, but I didn't get to see him on tour or do anything else. So for me, it's DMX because I actually got to be a part of it and see him from the turn, um, from, you know, the opening, what battle raps, that type of thing, to selling out 10, 20 million of records. So that is Cam's feeling. Mace echoed that. He said that the energy that DMX poured into, you know, his artistry, the command he held over audiences, which is something I can agree with. Tupac never got the opportunity to perform in, you know, large venues and stadiums because, of course, rap wasn't at that level yet. The insurance wouldn't allow for it. Nobody was insuring a rap concert like that at a big stadium or whatever. But I saw DMX perform at what used to be Irvine Amphitheater. And he used to always start his concerts with a prayer and you could hear him like flick the lighter and light the blunt. And he would say this prayer. And one time I actually, this particular time I was backstage. So I got to see it from the, you know, the performer's view and see the audience. And Man, when I tell you that he very much did have the whole crowd locked in, just I can't explain it. It really was powerful. And the prayer like, you know, he had church on a Saturday night in an unholy environment. That was the power of him. He was a powerful performer, lyricist, all of that. But we're still talking about Pac and Pac has been gone almost 30 years we're still looking at people saying you know that they want to be the embodiment of Pac in their music and no disrespect to DMX none at all I'm not throwing this a shade or anything who's saying I want to be the next DMX 
who's saying I want a career like DMX. And I, again, no shade. The man had two number one platinum albums upon release in one year. I don't think it's been done again. I could be wrong on that. Fact check me. I invite you to do so. But I think that, um, you know, still in comparison to what Pac did and his legend status is, you know, no comparison, right? Um, listen, Cameron said, not Cam, May said, when I first heard DMX in the studio, I was like, this dude is just different. Pac was phenomenal too. I can't take anything away from him, but DMX had more than Pac. I'm going to go on record and say that he had more on Pac. So, you know, that is their opinion. When we get into the next hour, I'm going to play a clip of an interview with a producer named Drummer Boy. He, if you're familiar with Gucci Man, he produced a lot with Gucci Man. He has a lot of hits under his belt. But he believes that Tupac was playing a character to fit in with the death row. And what I am going to say to Drummer Boy is, dog, you cannot be serious and I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna give you facts over feelings I'm gonna get Andy sitting here saying a little bit little bit nah 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 we're gonna talk about it next hour I'm gonna give you facts over feelings we're also gonna talk about cancel culture with Chris Tucker and his new tour and a bunch more other topics you know it's the after hours so things get a little loose all of that and more when we come forward you are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580 News and Sports